Why isn't it playing? Welcome to On the Road with Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from the Idle Chatter family of podcasts. I invite you to jump in and join me. Along the way, we will get to know some really interesting people and their stories. Be it farming or firing orders, these folks are passionate about growing things or making horsepower. So let's get this bad boy fired up and head off to destinations unknown. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to On the Road. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the Hot Rod Farmer. And this is going to be a very, very, very special episode because I am back at my good buddy, Bob Ida's shop, and we are going to be doing a separate... We we did a show with Bob Ida about a year ago about how he lived his life basically a quarter of a mile at a time. Famous drag racer, street rod builder, custom car builder, extraordinaire, road racer, everything. You name it, he's uh, he's the Burt Monroe of cars. If you ever saw that movie, The World's Fastest Indian, well, this guy is the Burt Monroe of cars. But anyway, when we did this show last year, we wanted to talk, well, I wanted to represent to you about his experience of buying a Ford GT supercar. So this episode, that's why it's titled On the Road to Buying a Ford GT Supercar, but with Bob Ida. So you may say, what's a Ford GT? It's not a GT Mustang. This is a a supercar, and I'm going to have Bob explain that. So Bob, welcome back to On the Road. Hi, Ray. It's nice to be back again. We'll always have a good time, a uh, good chat. <laughs> a good chat. And, and, you know, a lot of people in the audience, a good majority of audiences in the agricultural community, and everybody knows about, if you don't know about it, well, you will in two seconds, about the John Deere gold key delivery. Like when you buy a combine and you go to the plant and you, you watch it come off the assembly line and you're the first one to start it and they give you a gold key. and everything. Well, that's basically Mickey Mouse. That's basically Walmart, Kmart, whatever, compared to what happens when you buy a Ford GT supercar. And that's what we're going to share with you today because it's such an interesting story. You don't even have to like the car, but the experience of buying it. You don't just go to a car. You could buy a, a Maserati. You could buy a Ferrari. You could buy a Lamborghini, a Rolls Royce. You could buy anything and you go to the dealer and buy it like an F-150 pickup truck. But that's not what it is about with the Ford GT. And I was blessed because Bob is such a wonderful friend of mine to be privy to this whole experience. So Bob is going to go turn the clock back and we're gonna and we're gonna live through the whole experience of buying a Ford GT supercar. Now, I do want to say one thing: that this is not an inexpensive car. All right, so this car is quite costly. It's the I mean, better part of three quarters of a million dollars, right, to start. So it's it's, it's like buying a combine. All right, but it's a little bit different because you're not gonna harvest any crop. It. So Bob, let's get going and tell us. Why don't you turn the clock back and tell us about how you even found out about this car? Let's 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 now. Bob got his in 2019, so it's only a few years old. But it took you what two years to get it, right? Yeah, about two and a half years to get it. Um, we were working on the old 506 GTs for about 15 years, and uh, we got to be well known in the community. Ford uh, knew us. Uh, a lot. We did a lot of uh, the Ford uh, SEMA projects on the pickup trucks, so we had a good uh, 
Okay, I'm Liberation. just going to stop you for a second here because some of the audience may not be as familiar with. Now, the original Ford GT came out at one Le Mans in what, 1967? Yeah, 60, 66, 67. They, they uh, campaigned a few years, uh, but the, the most uh, uh, famous is one is where they had uh, uh, the three cars uh, cross the finish line at the same time. Uh, so it's well known for that, right? So if anybody goes and you want to want to see a good movie, the 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 Ford GT, the movie about that car, but about the the backstory behind it is Ford versus Ferrari. Back years ago, Henry Ford wanted to buy Ferrari, and then Ferrari sold sold their company to Fiat. And there was a, a little bit of a battle because I believe Enzo Ferrari was kind of insulting. If you watch the movie, uh, to, to Henry Ford. So Ford wanted to beat Ferrari. So this whole thing started and it came out with the Ford GT40, correct? Yeah, the so, Ford GT40 was the, the first uh, race car. Right. And a few different versions of that. Right, but anyway, but that's the car that beat Ferrari, mm-hmm. right? And it was called the GT40 because I think it was 40 inches off the ground at the top of the roof, right? C- correct. All right, so... Go, if you have a chance, watch that movie. That is the precursor. That's the DNA, the history of the car that Bob bought. So now they built that only for, uh, were there any road versions of yeah, the Yeah, there were a few road versions. I guess Back they, in the 60s. Yeah, to, uh, for the ruling that they had to race the car, they had to make a few that okay. were road versions. Like, like an HRA, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so then, then that went out of production back in the late 60s. And then there was nothing, right? Right. And then for the 100th anniversary of Ford Motor Company, they wanted to come out with a new GT, but they didn't call it the GT40, they just called it the GT, correct? Correct. And that came out in 05, 06. There was a mid-engine car, supercharged, and it had a lot of visual resemblance to the original Ford GT. So when Bob says that he worked on a lot of 05, 06 GTs, they only were made two years, that's what he's talking about. So you pick it up from there. So anyway, uh, we did a, a lot of SEMA projects. Uh, they were Ford pickup trucks. And uh, when the Ford GT came out, there were a few minor issues uh, up here in the Northeast. So the 0506, because yeah. we have to identify this. Oh, yeah, 0506. So there were a few minor issues. So Ford contacted us and said, well, we take a look at them. And we did. And we, uh, uh, we took care of their issues. And then from there, then on, uh, we built a, a nice little... Uh, 30 customer uh, uh, we had 30 customers uh, so you were basically so, servicing 30 05 06 Ford GTs right so uh, some of the issues with those cars ran hot uh, when they tracked them so we solved all those issues and then we increased the power on some of them we made some of our own products uh, in house and as far as I know they were the first time those products were made although the other companies had copied what we've done since then okay so now you so you basically got very familiar and you built a relationship and to to back up a little bit SEMA show is specialty equipment marketers association it's a big show in las vegas every year and it's the whole automotive performance aftermarket industry is held in las vegas so what the car companies do is they contract to with with different shops throughout the country where they may do it internally and Ford contracted with Bob and his son Rob at Ida Automotive here to build some some cars for the SEMA show and trucks, right? You built a couple of trucks. trucks yeah, I think we did eight. Um, you know, Rob did all the uh, 
uh, the original drawings and the restyling, and I did mostly the uh, performance uh, uh, part of it. Okay. So that's what he was talking about when he says he would... Uh, so that established a relationship with you, right, personally, with the hierarchy of Ford Motor Company. Yes. Okay. So now, so now if I remember correctly... You were contemplating to buy a used 0506, because this was after 06. It was, what, 2017, right? Well, I don't know that I really... Uh, yeah, actually, I did, uh, now that I think of it, I did uh, uh, put a few bids on uh, some cars that that we had seen. and uh, uh, But what really was impressive is that the cars that were coming through that we were seeing, uh, no matter how old they got, they seemed to look brand new. <laughs> they were really held up nicely, and they were a great car to drive. We have a dyno, so I didn't take them on the road that much, uh, but I did uh, dyno them, and I, uh, I basically did all my road testing on the dyno, uh, not to expose the car to uh, highway people. Okay, now, interestingly enough, why don't we go back a little bit here? Now, the 0506, and we have them through the podcast today, we're going to keep identifying that because that's, so Bob has a 2019 completely different car. There was a hiatus between 06 and 2017 for the first new GTs. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, Ford contacted us and said that the first cars were to come off the assembly line at the, in December of 2016. At 17th. 2016, and uh, they would be uh, uh, on Facebook. Uh, I never had a Facebook account before that, so I got one, so I was able to see them come off the assembly line. So I think the uh, I think the Ford uh, execs got the 2016s, okay. but the production started 2017 for uh, you know the other people. So basically, from 2006 to 2017, there was no Ford GT supercar production. Correct. All right. So now, if we turn the if, so we turn the clock back, you worked on a lot of these. Now, how did you find out about the the, the what we'll call the new GT? Well, the new GT, we get uh, certain publications that come through, and, uh, and we sit around at the lunch table, and we go through the publications while we're having lunch, and we realize that they were going to uh, to do a 2000, uh, uh, well, a new version. I think they they debuted the car in 2015. Uh, so... We seen that they had raced them, and uh, the first couple of times they didn't qualify, they didn't finish, did not DNF, did not finish, and I found out that they did not finish beef because of the transmission uh, problems. So I said, well, I know they're going to fix the transmission, right, right, <laughs> and but they already had the fastest lap time. So I said, wow, I just, I wonder if they're going to run this car in uh, Le Mans, and if they do, it, it's really going to be uh, uh, definitely a collectible car. Okay, so, so that's when you first thought to find that. At that particular point, did you see what the car looked like? Uh, actually, I think I did see some uh, some pictures come through uh, that would, and I, I knew I wanted to own one if I could. And uh, when uh, when I found out they were going to run the car in Le Mans, I said, "Wow, if they ever win in Le Mans with that car, it'll certainly be a collectible car." So uh, I knew I wanted to have one, and uh, so. That's how it started. Okay, so, so that was the desire to have one, yes. right? So now, explain to the audience, please, 
So you could have a desire, but how do you move from a desire to actually owning one is a whole big process. Like I said, this is not like going to buy a Rolls Royce or a Maserati. We just go into the dealer showroom and say, well, this is what I want to give me a brochure. So explain the, how you have to go about and how you have to apply to Ford Motor Company and how you have to get chosen. So this is because the 0506 was really not that expensive. It was about $100,000. Yeah, I think they started off at 140 and they went up to 160 And uh, compared to uh, uh, the newer version, it was a very economical right. car. But but with the 0506, you went and bought that like if the dealer had an allotment of one, you bought it like you would an F-150 pickup truck. There was yeah. nothing special. Yeah, it, w- it was, uh, uh, I think there was one per dealer. Okay. And uh, the dealer could sell it to whoever. Well, it's like, the like, a, like a pickup truck or a Thunderbird. It was just sitting there. You buy it, you yeah, buy it. Yeah. All right. So now everything changed with the new one that was going to come out, right? Yeah. Actually, you had to uh, put an application in, and it, they were going to originally make uh, 250 cars. And they got so many applications, and they decided that they would uh, up uh, the, uh, the amount of cars that they were going to produce it. I think it was somewhere, the, the next step was like 500. And uh, anyway, we had a really good relationship with Ford and and uh, with the GTs too. We had some GT customers uh, uh, go and uh, hooked up with Ford for a, uh, a tour. And uh, one of them mentioned our name and uh, they, they called me and they said they got a very special tour because they, they mentioned our name. So they were aware of what we were doing. And when we put the application in, uh, we didn't, well, a lot of them had videos taken. And well, I'm, I'm just going to stop you right there because I want you to expand upon this. You know, when, and you correct me if I'm wrong, and the thing is that when, when Bob says there was an application, so this wasn't like a credit application, even though we're going to discuss that, right? This was a credit application. The premise that Ford had was that they didn't want everyone to own this car. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bob. Yeah, that's right. They didn't want, and they didn't want collectors just to own it. They wanted people who were going to take it out and drive it and use it. So you had to apply to Ford Motor Company to be, it's a consideration list to be considered to get one of these, to be able to order one of these cars. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Because in the auto industry, they have what they call a halo vehicle. And a halo vehicle, and every car manufacturer has that, and Ford wanted this to be a true halo vehicle. And the premise of a halo vehicle, no matter what the company is, all right, is that is that the public sees this car, they're never gonna buy one of those cars because they don't well, for whatever reason, all right. But the, the the impression, the subliminal impression that the person who sees it on the road, the woman in the shopping center, whatever she says, oh my God, that's a Ford or that's a Chevy. If they could build that, I'm sure they could build a great pickup truck or a great SUV or a great economy car. So that's what the industry calls a halo. So it carries a halo across the whole brand. And Ford wanted this to be a halo vehicle for them because I personally think they lost a ton of money on each one they built. 
built that they sold. But anyway, so they wanted, so they didn't want to collect it or have it. Where they took it off, they took it and they put it in the garage, and nobody saw it. They wanted it to be seen. So that is why Bob had to. Everybody had to apply. Now you were starting to say about people making videos and what have you. Yes. Uh, so um, a lot of people in their application, they made videos of cars that they had in their collection and that sort of thing. And, we, and that kind of probably bit them. <laughs> uh, yeah, it could have been because originally they wanted people to use the car. Right. They wanted people to actually. Like I said, the Halo the vehicle. I wanted to see it. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, we uh, we submitted stuff that we already had done for Ford. Uh, my uh, land speed truck uh, which was uh originally uh, we built it for SEMA, and when we were done with that we we took it to bonneville and and we set some records in the northeast and uh, uh i think our best time with that was uh, uh 204 miles an hour boat at 65 percent throttle according to data acquisition and uh, we will lose traction at so we, we I think we had up to like 210. That was an F-150, F-150. so the audience doesn't know, know yeah. what it is. And it had a, uh, a 4.6, a 4-cam uh, engine in it with twin turbochargers. And it was making about 1,300 horsepower on gasoline. Uh, and it did about 11 and change on the dyno, which is there. Uh, and again, on gas, uh, gasoline. Not pump gasoline, but race gasoline. So... Uh, uh, anyway, we sent some videos of that in with it, and uh, next thing you know, uh, we ran into some uh, people. Uh, uh, actually, uh, Camilio, who designed the uh, uh, the 0506 car, we we met him uh, when we were showing the uh, 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 Jack Kiley's 40 Merc at SEMA, and. Uh, and uh, it, it was it was a great experience uh, just to uh, meet and talk with these guys, and that's when a new car was coming out. And we told them that we were on a list, and we were waiting for the new car uh, to come out. And uh, I think in the beginning there was uh, I think like only a hundred around 100 cars were delivered in 2017, only, mostly because of vendor issues. So uh, we wound up waiting till uh, uh, to 2018 late, and then uh, we, uh, we um, were notified that we would be getting our car in, uh, in March of 2019. And uh, there's a... Uh, there's a lot more to, to Well, there's a lot more to it, and you're yeah. leaving a lot of it out, yeah, all right? I'm sorry. All right, so the thing basically is, is that I want to establish very clearly is that that this is an application process. So a lot of people took this application process, and this is a quite costly car. I mean, it's basically a dysfunctional car to use every day. It's not something that you're going to use every day. I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess you could if you uh, if you stretched a little bit, but I mean, not stretched the car, but you know, said, okay, I'm going to put up with certain things. It's not that easy getting in and out of it. There's not much trunk space. So a lot of people who were collectors, as Bob was saying, they and and the demographic of most people who bought wanted to get a Ford GT was an upper demographic. I mean, you're buying almost a million dollar car, all right? So the thing that these people hired video crews, they oh, look at my Ferraris, look at this, this thing has never been in the rain. And to my way of thinking, that kind of worked against them because Ford wanted this halo car to get out. So now I remember that, that other than the video, you really didn't do much 
as far as other than the video from the from the Bonneville salt flats with the F-150, you really didn't do much when you put your application in. Because I remember you called me up, you said, you applied, I don't think I'm going to get it, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. So uh, uh, I had gotten... Uh, I spoke to the concierge, uh, and uh, they uh, they said we're ready to build your car. No, so. no, no. Let's back up. Oh, you're going, okay. you're going <laughs> too <laughs> far. Hey, you're too far ahead. Yeah, all right. The thing. So okay. So you apply for this, right? Yes. So how do you apply for it? Do you send them in package? Do you? Oh. How, you know, how do you apply? I oh. want to know. Okay. Well, uh, so I put the application in. How do you then, put the application in? Uh, uh, by PC. Oh, oh email. Yeah, email. Mm -hmm. So who do you send it to? Uh, they had an application process, so it went to uh, whoever was going to decide. Okay, so they had a special process for it. Yes. And uh, we thought we had a good history for it, but, uh, you know, you, you just don't know. I heard that there were 6,000 applications for uh, <laughs> a few cars, so right. you, you always wonder. Uh, anyway, it, in the beginning, it said that they were going, wanted to give the cars to people that would actually use it. So I said, well, you know, I'll use it. <laughs> right. And then a lot of people seem to have flipped the car uh, now looking at it. Uh, so they bought the car. The car was selling for reselling for twice the, the cost. So people were uh, thinking about, you know, uh, the profits, and they wound up selling the car uh, just for the profits. I've ever did very little with the car. I really enjoyed my car. I, uh, okay, but that's not the true story, though. Because didn't you have to sign, everybody have to sign a contract that you couldn't sell for two oh, years? Oh, yeah, that's true, too. Well, you didn't tell them that. Oh, yeah, I do. I forget a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that's true. You can't sell the car for two years. Uh, so, uh, anyway, I never thought about selling mine. I just love the car. And... Uh, it, it, Part of part of the uh, the thing that was really impressed me is that uh, well we were selected and uh, all of a sudden uh, a package comes in the mail and it's a it's a carbon fiber box and it, I open a box and well, 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 we're gonna okay. stop you we're gonna stop uh, you again. this is like a we're like on a on, like on a bump box pulling into the line here to set the stage beam you know what I'm saying <laughs> the thing is that all right that uh, uh, so you you applied for the car, right? Yes. You put your paperwork in, you forgot about it. All right. Then in the meantime, didn't you buy a Corvette? Yeah. Uh, yes, I did buy a, a Corvette. So uh, we had done a lot of stuff with the 05, 06 GTs, and some of them were related to coolant and uh, cooling the car. And uh, uh, the Corvette uh, Z06 supercharged car had pretty much a similar problem. So anyway, I thought it would... Get a, get that car and see if I could buy some of the same logic that we applied uh, to the GT to the Corvette, which we did, and we tracked the car, you know, quite a bit. So what was that? A, you bought that in 2016. 2016. It was brand new. Yeah, that's it. So that's a, what 650 horsepower supercharged LS. Right. All right. So. Uh, and then doesn't Chevrolet kind of give you like a driving school? Oh, yeah. Okay. So well, we were out and uh, actually we took Jack's car out. Uh, the Jack is a customer. Yeah, Jack Kylie's car out to uh, Pebble Beach. And, uh, and I had arranged it so that on the way back, I would stop at Pahrump, uh, Nevada, Nevada uh, and do the Corvette thing. So, uh, which was a two-day thing. It was, it was great because it broke up the trip a little See, the, what, what Bob is talking about is that the, uh, 
when you buy a Z06 Corvette, they gave you a track school day. Correct. At a racetrack in Pahrump, Nevada. It's a road race course. And you're able to go to that track. And you, do you run your car or you run their car? You, you drive their car, but they give you exactly what you purchased. Okay. So if you had a stick shift car, they gave you a stick shift yeah. car. Mm-hmm. So, so since he had bought the new Z06 Corvette, he, I think, would he have a year to take that class or something? Uh, yeah, there might have been a limitation. I don't yeah. remember, but I was able to coordinate it with right. when I was going to be out on the West Coast. And uh, right. uh, and it, I'm glad that we did it. It was it was fun. Yeah, so you take that class, and I think something happened when you took that class. Yeah, right? actually. Uh, so so you were at Chevrolet now, right? The Chevrolet yeah, event. And what happened? It was funny. So uh, we were at Chevrolet, and we stopped to break for lunch. And uh, I was with uh, my friend George, who helped me drive uh, you know, both ways from there. East Coast and West Coast and the West Coast back to the East Coast. So anyway, we're having lunch and uh, I get the email that we were selected to get the car and I uh, poked my the, friend. The GT. The GT, yeah. So I poked, I said, don't celebrate. We're in a Chevrolet place. Yeah, yeah. So, you, so, so, you're, so you're at a Chevrolet event yeah. sponsored by Chevrolet. Yeah. You have a new Corvette and then you get an email that you were approved to get that you were accepted, I shouldn't say approved, yeah, yeah. to get the to order a GT and to get on the list. Yeah, we we were uh, selected from the list from the to list. get a car, so we were allocated a car, and that was in uh, August of 2016. So that was quite a bit earlier than the first cars ever come off the assembly line. Right. So now, so now what happened? So what happened next? So now you, so you, it, so once they contacted you, so what do you contact them back and say thank you? I want it. What what what? Do? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, uh, and, uh, I still have the the, the email. Uh, it says congratulations, and I responded back to them. Uh, uh, thank you very much for selecting us, and we're very anxious to uh, move forward. And. Uh, uh, the next thing you know, I don't remember what month was, but that package came in the mail, and I said, "Wow!" You know, I opened it up, and uh, and it was samples of the interior, the wheels. This is no, after, the, but this is quite a, but there was quite a time lapse, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it probably was. Right. So now, at that particular point, when you get accepted to get a car, did it tell you more or less what the car costs? No, <laughs> never. T- well, I, there was, uh, yeah, never from Ford did they ever discuss oh, you, you price. You have to read it like in a magazine <laughs> or something, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so how did they know you could afford the car? Uh, I don't know. I, I, mean, I could apply to it if they accept me. I can't buy it at a million dollar car. I, I don't know. Well, it, it didn't cost a million to buy it. They resold for a million plus. Right, but it was three second but, I mean, Yeah, by the time I optioned it out, three which quarters. I... I $700,000, yeah. Yeah, I did option it out uh, with the carbon fiber wheels and the leather interior, which I thought were important. I said, if I'm going to drive this car, I like the leather interior. Uh, you think for that money, they give it to you. <laughs> well, the, the, the funny thing is that it's so much more money than the, the conventional interior. I mean, you are if you order the car, you're still getting an interior. Right, right. And this is plus yeah, yeah. that interior. And so, the same thing with the wheels. So now you're at the Chevrolet. You get this email, mm-hmm. right? So you're keeping your mouth shut. How did you feel? Were you excited that you got it? Did it? Did, I mean, 
Well, yeah, kind of. I said, well, okay, now I can no problem. Come up with the end, the money to pay yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so now, then, so, so basically, after you respond back to them, then what? They go silent. What happens? Uh, yeah, you. Uh, I guess you, uh, you, you got the package. You Explain what the package okay. is. The package is a carbon fiber box, and you open it up, and it has. Uh, now, do you know that this is coming? Yeah, kind of new, but I hadn't given them a penny yet. They have an X for any money and deposit. So how, how long do you think it was between from the time you were in Pahrump at the Corvette event and you got to pack the carbon fiber box? Uh, I, I don't know that I really remember how long it was. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I would say it probably was close to a year, right? Mm. Maybe not that long? Yeah, maybe you're right because... Uh, that was the that was the start of the order. I had been speaking with the uh, Ford uh, about uh, you know what I wanted, and then they they put together this package, sent me this package which samples of interiors and uh, wheels and that sort oh, of so, things. Oh, so so they talked to you first about what you want. How do you know what you want when nothing you don't know what's available? Uh, I through the conversation. Well, now who are you having conversation with? The concierge. Okay, so what is, what is this all about? So they assign a concierge, concierge uh, to uh, handle your order. Okay, so basically, in essence, from what I can understand, is that you get approved. I mean approved, meaning that you're accepted that they'll sell you a car. Right. There's no money. There's nothing of finances mentioned at this particular point. Correct. Do you think that they do like a, a credit check on you, a background check on you independently? Do they I, have a social security from, number or anything well, from I don't recall giving them any information unless they had the information from when we were doing the okay. uh, uh, the uh, SEMA projects. Right. So now what's this thing with this concierge? I don't understand that. Well, uh, they give you a person, they sign a person to deal with your, you and your car. Okay. And I'm so, sure there are other people that he's dealing with at the same time. Um, and you don't meet this person? No, it's only by phone, by phone and email. Okay. Mostly by email. Uh, so uh, due to our discussion, they put together a package of what? I'd be interested. Okay, so you have a you have a so this concierge, this go between, right? Is handling so like a like a concierge in a five star hotel. Hello, Miss Dida. Yes, your room is. What do you need? Blah blah blah. So they do. So you start a relationship with this concierge. Correct. And, and uh, does how many times do you think you communicate with them? Uh, quite a few times. I. I you know, I don't know exactly how many times, but I could probably figure it out. No, whatever. <laughs> but right, so I don't. so, so but you have this, and then we had a nice conversation. And then, then they send you this. Did the, did the concierge tell you that you're getting this carbon fiber box, or? Uh, I, yeah, somehow you found the that. conversation. I knew he was putting together what I was interested in doing. So, so basically, what I don't understand. I remember when you got the box, but. Um, is that everybody didn't get the same I mean everybody didn't get the same contents in the box that you got I don't think so uh, because uh, the, I'm not really sure I think there might have been differences in the interior and the wheels but how would you know what you want if you don't see it I guess that was the purpose of them sending the samples 
Right, but if everybody didn't get the same sample, you might say, oh, no, I want these seats or I want these wheels. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It seemed to me that they put together... A, a special one for a, you? Yeah, a, something that... Uh, I guess I was answering questions or whatever okay. that that uh, led him to uh, put together a, a package. Although the uh, the interior that I actually selected was not in the box. Oh, see, okay, so it wasn't in the box. Yeah. All right. So now, you, now from off before we started to record, and, and uh, you told me that this box is quite costly. Yeah. Recently, I found out it's like a fifteen thousand dollar box. That's what it costs for. <laughs> yeah. So now you're getting, you haven't given him a nickel. Not a nickel. So you get this box, and what's in the box? The the box has got a a, a, a sample of the interiors, a sample of the wheels, and. Uh, well, no, explain con- to the, the people that this is like a scale model. It's like a slot oh. car. It's not a, they're not sending you a box with a with a wheel. Oh in it. no they're, no that's right. It's a it's a it's a like a model version. Almost like a slot car body. Yeah, it's a plastic body, and the stripes uh, pop on and off, so you could take the stripes and, and put them on different colors to decide what you liked, and uh, and then then there's a sheet that they send you by email that you fill out and you check the boxes. It has no prices on it. Yeah. You check the boxes of exactly what you want, and then. Uh, uh, they're about ready to give you a serial number. That's when you send fifty percent of the deposit in. But they have to price the car out first. How are you can send, right? <laughs> yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, so I want to just explain to the listeners because this is a very unique experience. Like I said, it's not like buying another high-end car. Is that this box is made out of carbon fiber? It's a beautiful box, right? Yes. And and. Uh, and it also has these little plastic, they looked like when you were a kid, almost like, like better quality slot car bodies. And then you'd have to be able to put the stripes on it, this and that, and different wheels, plastic wheels. So were you able to actually build a whole model of this car, or was it? The, no, um, you actually just had- uh, The body. A, 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 like a stamped plastic body. Okay. And the stripes were plastic also, and they snapped onto the yeah. body. So if you had a white body, you could try with a blue stripe. You could try with a red stripe. You know, uh, a variety of different colors uh, to come up with. You and, think and do you, you think want. it really served any purpose other than like, oh wow, I got it's carbon? Fiber. Because I mean, you really can't tell from this little plastic body. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I, I guess I had it in my mind what I wanted, and okay. Uh, and thankfully, I was able to uh, to get it exactly the way I wanted it. All right, so now you go through this thing with the concierge, or you get the box, right? Right. What's the next step? Well, the next step is uh, to fill out a paper, and you initial And the paper's it. in the box? No, uh, they, they send it How to How much you. time do you think, tra- more or less, I don't need the exact date, but... Uh, how- I want to. I, I want to establish to the, months, to the audience that this is a very lengthy process. This is oh, not yeah. boom, boom, boom. You get the box. Okay, what do you want, Joey? Yeah, no, like, no, no, no. No, no, quite a bit of time. It, it took two and a half years from start to finish before I got the car. Okay, so now you get this. They send you. They send you paper. You fill out the paper. So it's like a like a menu in a Chinese restaurant, right? You check, check this, check yeah, this, check that, exactly. right? Right, and then then what happens next? Uh, then. Uh, I don't remember. I think maybe you get the prices after that. I so, thought you don't. You have a t- t- on the phone. You don't. You build the car on the, on the computer. Or something with the concierge. I remember something about that. Oh, I uh, they. You can do that. I don't know if there was pricing. 
So when they, tell you the, when they tell you the pricing? After you've signed and initialed everything, I think I remember that. So, but what happens if you say, well, I really like that interior, right? I would like that interior, but, you know, I mean, even at this price point, you say, well, I'd like that interior. If the interior is 50000 I don't like it that much. If it's 10000 I want it. So they, have, they don't give you any idea of what it's going to cost till it's end. I don't remember that they did uh, until I eventually settled in on uh, exactly what I wanted, got my, uh, my order figured out. Then I think I got the price. Then we would send half, half of that. So what if you said, no, I don't want those wheels if they're $50,000? Uh... You then back? you wouldn't sign it and you wouldn't initial it. Okay. Yeah. You wouldn't initial it. Yeah. So, so now give us some pricing on what the different options cost. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, I figured that I'm only going to do this once in a lifetime. So right. I'm not going to drive around in a car with an interior that I really don't like. Right. You know, I'm inside the car. I'm not looking to impress anybody outside the car. So uh, I'm inside the car. So I wanted the leather interior. So uh, what I, would be the standard interior? Uh, the uh, uh, well, Alicante or something. Like that. Yeah, um, like phony, phony leather. It's, it's vinyl. Like, it's vinyl. It's, 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 let's call it spade a spade. It's vinyl upholstery. No, no, it's not. It's, it's not uh, vinyl, like a it's, suede. Uh, it's like a suede. Okay, uh, Acatera. Acatera. Yeah. So anyway, um, I said I really. I'm, you know, I work in a shop. I don't want to ride home and change my clothes every time I want to drive that car. Right. Sometimes I want to go my shop car, my right, shop right. clothes. Right, you know? right. So uh, a leather interior could clean, and you know, there's nothing like opening the door and smelling right, leather right. interior. Is it a good leather? It's a oh, high. it's a really good leather because I had a, a one of our upholstery guys that does custom cars look at it, and he said it's really good. Okay, leather. so it's good leather. It's yeah, really yeah. good leather. So uh, how much was the interior? It was forty over. Forty thousand. Yeah. So the interior was a forty thousand dollar option. Right. Okay. What else did you and get? And that's over. The oh, right. The, but the Ecotera is standard. Standard. Right. So forty. So plus over. forty for the interior. Right. Plus forty thousand. Right. Okay. What else did you get? And I got the carbon fiber wheels. How much of those? Another forty over that. But another. they raise the price every year. All right. So, but when you well, bought it, it's forty thousand. So ten thousand dollars a wheel. Yeah. What else did you get? Uh, actually. Uh, Whatever else I got, I don't remember anything special. Okay. So uh, I, I don't remember. But I remember you got the leather wrapped steering wheel. Like oh, that's right. It was yeah. like two hundred dollars. You think two, for forty thousand yeah, dollars for for the interior, they give you a leather steering wheel for two hundred dollars. Yeah, it was two hundred fifty dollars more to have the leather interior uh, steer. Steering so wheel. forty thousand for the leather interior, but you for, know, another two fifty uh, for the if you want a leather uh, steering wheel. Yeah. Now you could get the leather steering without the forty thousand dollar interior. Yes. Right? All right, but you would think for forty thousand, they'd say, "Hey, come yeah. on, we'll throw the interior yeah. the steering wheel in, right? The leather steering wheel." But also, you get a lot of uh, carbon fiber, uh, exposed that, carbon fiber on the outside. Oh, that's that, the tell, other tell, thing. Now tell so, us about the body of the car. Yeah, the whole body's made of carbon fiber. But one of the other options that I selected was the uh, carbon fiber uh, exposed carbon fiber. Uh, on the lower portion of the core, you know, the, uh, the, the, the ground effects. What do you mean by exposed? Well, exposed means that if you didn't buy it exposed, they would paint it okay. with a, called like a carbon flash. It's okay. a, so it's not it's, the color of the car? No, it's black. Okay. So. Uh, and your car is white? My car is white. 
Okay. So we picked white because one, I like white. Okay. Uh, it was bright, and uh, I think if you get a, a like a really dark color, you don't really get to see the lines of the right, car. Right. Uh, they kind of you know like if it's black, you don't really yeah. get to see it. I mean, they're there. Yeah. You can yeah. go up and look right. at it, but uh, if you're standing back, the white car, you know, you could see all the lines of the car, and they got beautiful lines. The cars are like. Really nice. <laughs> yeah. So so now, <clears throat> so you went through this, right, and you check the boxes, and you go and say, okay, so now the concierge has you on the phone, or what do, what do they have here? I mean, so how do you, oh, get, yeah. the, how do you get the price? Oh, uh, actually, uh, let me think. I'll get the price. <laughs> I don't really remember, because uh, it's going on almost four years that I got the car. Um, so, uh, I think the only thing I really remember about the pricing was the interior, because when I first put the price, the, the car together in my mind, uh, I wasn't really happy with the, okay. the interiors that I, that were offered. So, uh, I mentioned the, the the black leather interior and then uh one of the conversations sometime after uh, uh ford decided to do a black ebony they called the black ebony uh oh they didn't have that originally huh that leather interior was the first one. Oh wow yeah so uh anyway uh he said good news ford will do the black full black interior so i said yeah okay that's what i want so uh so forty thousand good news actually <laughs> actually uh i am jumping ahead because i already had sent in the deposit okay so i changed this after and i caught him just in time because uh if they would have serialized the car i might not have made that change oh, okay. so okay. so we it, it just worked out perfect so now they say the okay the car is x amount of dollars mm -hmm. all right and you have to give a 50% deposit. Mm -hmm. And then once you give the 50% deposit, what happens? Uh, I think after that point, you get the serial number. Oh, they, I signed the serial number. Signed the serial number. How right. soon afterwards would you say, more or less? Uh, I would think it was moving pretty quickly then, within okay. a couple of weeks. Okay, so. so it wasn't immediately. It wasn't that you give the deposit and you get a check No, actually, uh, I guess, you know, Ford <coughs> has sold franchise to a lot of dealers right so you get to pick uh the dealer that you want them to handle your money and i'm sure they get a commission out of it right uh, which is only fair if they bought uh if they bought a franchise right. a ford franchise so anyway uh i use the uh the ford dealer that i used to uh buy my oh five oh six parts for gt parts because we had a really good relationship uh basically i would do do by text exactly what i wanted and uh and he would always uh, send me uh uh pictures of the uh of the parts ordering book so we were sure to circle right. the right pieces right and uh he never asked me for a deposit or anything uh he ordered the pieces and then deliver them and uh and we'd pay for them. We never had a, uh, we, we never had a, um, uh, a bill with them. Always paid us. Right, right. Uh, so we had a very good relationship. And right. uh, so I thought they earned the, whatever commission right. they were going to get from Ford. Right. So, so the audience earned. understands is that <clears throat> when you in most industries when you buy, when you uh, 
invest in a franchise, I'll say invest, whether it's a John Deere dealer, whether it's a Ford dealer, whether it's a Case IH dealer, whatever it is, is that that the company itself, so in other words, I can't go to Fent and say go to Agco headquarters in Duluth, Georgia, where I was a couple of weeks ago, and say, I want to buy a tractor. Here it is, here's my deposit. You have to go to a dealer network. So Ford, even though this whole concierge process and this whole ordering process and the box was independently uh, independent of any dealer, when it comes to give the deposit and the order to be written up, it has to be written up through a Ford dealership of your choice. Correct. Of your choice. Right. So you have to give them a 50 per- 50% deposit. It must have been their biggest sale ever. Yeah. Well, I didn't even handle the money. I just uh, did it by a wire transfer. Okay. So I didn't have to do anything. I just went down there and he had the paperwork all done. Now, were they familiar with writing this? Did they no. write it up with the options or how did they write this up? He didn't know how to write it up. <laughs> I guess he called and uh, spoke with uh, Ford and they told him how to do it. Okay. Uh, so, because uh, it's the only one they, they did. And uh, so they write it up leather upholstery, carbon fiber. Would they write it up like you were buying a pickup truck? No, I don't think. I think it just put the bottom line in. Oh, just put the bottom line. Yeah, the bottom line, the taxes and that sort of thing. Okay. So, uh, so, so when you give them fifty percent, is it fifty percent of the total price with the taxes, the luxury tax, the sales tax, or fifty percent of just the price that Ford is getting? Uh. I think it was 50%, and because uh, I put the interior order in after I had given a deposit, it kind of screwed up all the numbers. Oh, okay. So I, 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 uh, I spoke to Ford about that. I said, should I go down to give him more money? He said, no, 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 don't worry about it. Uh, so uh, when it came time to, uh, to, to for the delivery, and the second payment, the final payment, uh, there was a little discrepancy. So uh, I remember getting a phone call from the dealer, uh, the owner of the dealer, and uh, he was shocked. I said, no, I said, it's just the sales tax. So the sales tax would be uh, the only difference, which was about the same price as the the interior. interior. Right, (laughs) right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, everything worked out good. Nobody got upset. Uh, Everybody got what they were supposed to get. And uh, they... uh, the car was delivered here. Okay, we're going to back up a little okay. bit. But, but so now they go and they um, the car is being built, but then don't you, don't, something happened when it was built. Oh, yeah, that's true. So we were invited up to uh, to Multimatic to see the car being built. Uh, okay. And uh, we went up there. Uh, it was a nice little ride. And uh, we went in and uh, somebody uh, met us there and walked us through all of the build stations. So when I walked through, I saw a car with a white roof. I said, that's my car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I uh, immediately, actually, I get chills right now. Uh, so I immediately- That's because we got the heat off. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately uh, made a connection with that car and- Was uh, it yours? Yeah, it was mine. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now you see, so the, so tell, so what the, what the audience, Ford designed and engineered this car. The 0506 GT was built in the Wixom assembly plant, which made Lincoln's Wixom, Michigan, which sadly that plant no longer exists. They did not make it on the same line with the Lincoln's, but they had a separate assembly area where they put it together, where they built the the 0506 GT. We always have to identify them that way because otherwise you would think there's a newer car. 
All right, newer meaning the late, the last, the latest GT. So that was built at the Ford Assembly Plant in Wixom, Michigan. The Wixom, what they decided to do, and correct me if I'm wrong, Bob. When this car was coming out, this car was the 0506 had a lot of fact, special but factory parts in it or whatever parts. You know what I'm saying? So they, but, but this car was a completely ground up new design nothing you know what i'm saying no, nothing that was used before they may have integrated like a, a light switch or something from an f-150 in it but so what they did is they they worked with a company called multimatic and multimatic was responsible and multimatic has a history of doing prototype work things of this nature and multimatic was responsible for assembling the car right correct so they so so basically multimatic so the, the the car was actually designed by Ford, all right. Everything was done by Ford. Parts were made, but Multimatic assembly the car assembled the car outside of Toronto in Ontario. So, but Multimatic, if you look them up, they have a big, they have a very very they're uh, they're very well entrenched with the OE industry, and they had a special facility. So when Bob was invited up there, anybody who's buying a GT at one particular point could go to the Multimatic facility and tour it, correct? Yes, correct. You could stay as long as you oh, like. As long as you, oh, as long as you like, yeah. okay. And so we went through every station, we, we watched the And that car is basically hand-built? Yes. It's hand-built. Now, the body is carbon fiber, right? But now the engine in it, it's a, well, somebody's outside, so, uh, en- engine in it, the engine is a 3.5 EcoBoost, right right that's based it's not a truck engine but it's kind of based the architecture is based on f-150 it's a so if anybody's got an f-150 ecoboost 3.5 you got a little bit of dna in there for the <laughs> ford gt or yeah. the gt well let me put it this way we're hot rod farmers the ford gt's got a little bit of f-150 dna is probably a better more accurate way of saying it but these engines are they're a different block aren't they yeah, the block's different. There's a lot of... A lot parts. of little things. Yeah, there's a lot Right, it's not when they're taking an F-150 engine and throwing it in there. And these are yeah. hand-built by Jack Roush in Michigan, right? Correct. So Roush builds, hand-builds the engine. What has, so it has, what rods are in that? Do you remember? Uh... They have Carillo. I think Carillo. I Carillo think was, rods yeah. and what? I, I knew. <laughs> I forgot a lot. Yeah, yeah. So they so this engine is based upon... And it's a mid-engine car. So mm-hmm. it's carbon fiber body. Mm-hmm. Mid-engine mid-engine 3.5 EcoBoost, mm-hmm. right? Built by Jack Roush. Mm-hmm. Assemb- the, the, not, the car is assembled, assembled down. You know, in, in the, whether it's the farm track, the business, the auto industry, whatever, there's assembly and there's manufacturing. Every vehicle has an assembly location. That doesn't mean they make the parts there. They put it together there. Just mm-hmm. like you, you don't raise the seed, but you grow the seed on your farm. You grow the plant on your farm. So it was, the car was assembled in Multimatic, all right? And uh, now the transmission, what kind of transmission? It's a dual clutch, right? How many speeds is that? It's seven speeds, get reg, and uh, it's, uh, it, I, when I think of the transmission, I think of the calibration. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the calibration of the car is just fantastic. We've done a lot of calibrations. We have our own dyno. So I know how hard it is to get everything right, and they really got everything right. So uh, what, what 
the transmission is uh, it's a dual clutch. So basically, what it does, it if you're accelerating, it predicts that the next gear you're going to want is a higher gear because you're accelerating, and it gets that gear ready, and then it just swaps the clutches, and it's very quick. And uh, so basically, it's an automatic that shifts itself, but not hydraulically through solenoids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It does shift itself. Uh, um, I guess Ferrari had done some that were uh, like not the greatest the smoothest, but you would almost think uh, the transmission that's in the, the Ford GT is uh, is an automatic. It's like an automatic because yeah. it, it's just so beautiful, beautifully right, yeah. done. Yeah, it's, because a lot of a lot of people had Ferraris and stuff like they're very jerky. Don't want you to drive them. Most of them I worked with BMW. We were uh, doing some calibration on a transmission similar to that. It was a thing they called it an SMG, and it was basically almost the same theory. And uh, it was very it almost at times it looked like you didn't know how to drive a stick shift. <laughs> yeah, I always predict, said that the the Ferraris that I drove were like somebody's working the clutch that don't know how to work right, the clutch. Yeah, <laughs> but but, yeah. but uh, none of that with the the GT. The GT, uh, you know. But you now I not. want I want to stress to the audience right now, you 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 got to everybody, not just you, right? But the first people. You got to this particular point, and if you didn't go to Multimatic, you really never even really saw a car yet, right? And not forget about you're your, right. Actually, you're buying this from a, a uh, dream, yeah, from from photographs or whatever you could get. Yeah, uh, but uh, actually, I think I think probably around 2017, uh, we were already allocated. We went to uh, to New York to the uh, auto show. Auto show. In New York, and because they had one on display, and they had it all roped off. A production off. one. Uh, yeah, they had it all roped off. So anyway, nobody could get near it. What color was it? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. But uh, I maybe it was a silver color. I don't remember. Uh, so anyway, I, I thought maybe if I went up to the guy and told him that I got one of these on order, can yeah. I go take a look yeah, at yeah, it? Yeah. He said no. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... Uh, uh, that's about as close as I got. And what did you think when you first saw it on the auto show? Uh, by then, I had been studying it so well, I like knew every inch of it already. So, yeah, yeah. but, 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 but seeing really it gets, in person is yeah. different. Well, one of the things uh, that I think about is that other people that have gotten uh, GTs after I got mine, they hadn't seen it in person either. And they asked if they could come and look at mine. Right, you're spending sure all could. this money, and you don't yeah. even know what it looks you like. Don't even, you don't it's know like a blind date, like <laughs> yeah. a, a million, three quarter of a million dollar blind date. Yeah, so uh, I, of course, I've always said yes, and and was always uh, happy to show my car off. Yeah, and uh, so some people got to see mine before they got to see theirs. All right, so now you you do this, you gave me a deposit, and and so how long was it from the deposit until the car was built? More or less. Oh, but then it was moving pretty quick. Uh, within six months. Oh, six months. Okay. Yeah. So then, then you. So now, uh, when when you gave the deposit, you already had a serial number. I think you give the deposit and then you get the serial number. Okay. All right. So um, shortly thereafter, you get the yeah. serial. You get the serial number. Now, is the dealer working with you on this, or is the concierge no, still working? Concierge. So other than handing over the money and writing the sales order, the dealer is completely out of the picture. Correct. 
All right, so now you get the so now your car is gonna your car is gonna you went up to Multimatic, you saw the car being built, mm-hmm. you saw everything up there, right? You're all pumped up. You come back home, it's hurry up and wait, right? Yeah. It's hurry up and wait, and then you find out that the car is gonna be the car is finished, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's gonna be shipped, but now explain how that all happens because that's very very special like i said it's not like john dear gold key okay adios you thank you it's, we had an idea or we had an idea we had a date uh, i don't remember which it was uh, when it was coming so uh, uh one one evening uh we w- we were finishing up at the shop and rob was my son rob was on his way uh home and uh in the uh he calls me on the phone. He says, "There's a uh, there's a transporter um, parked." All right, all, right, all right, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. All right. What happens with this, right, is that, and I'll I'll tell a story if you don't mind. No, go right ahead. Uh, is that when you buy a GT and it's going to be delivered? There's a there's a trucking company that moves cars. And, called Reliable Transport. They have these big orange tractor trailers. All they haul is cars. And it's not, they're not, haul, they're, 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 they're high, what I mean high end, they're by contract. So if you have a special, if you have, it doesn't have to be a special car, but you have to hire them to do this. So it's not like they're transporting F-150s and they're putting this car in the back, right? So they're an enclosed car carrier. You have no idea what's in it. And Ford has a contract with reliable transportation or reliable transport, whatever it is, and they deliver all the cars. So the thing about a Ford GT is that if you wanted the car delivered in your cornfield, they'll make arrangements to deliver it in your cornfield. They'll deliver it any place that you want through reliable. Correct. So Bob... So Bob wanted to deliver it to his shop here. We were talking in Morganville, New Jersey. But if I want this, and no, no, I want it at my cornfield. I want it in my house in Florida, which I don't have a house in Florida. They'll deliver it any place they want. And, and this truck only has GTs in it, right? If I remember correctly. Yes, that's, that's right. Only GTs in it. So what happens is that they schedule the date for it to be delivered. So Bob knew and, and Rob, his son knew, and I did the original On the Road podcast with Rob. I'd, if you go back in the archives, it's the first one. It was an excellent episode. You could listen to that. All right. And uh, and Rob was going home and he saw a reliable thing. So you knew the car was being delivered the next day, right? Yes. But you saw, it wasn't just like, oh my God, I see a reliable car carrier. Is my GT in there. No, you knew that it was, con- yeah. that it was it's like having a package delivered. So, oh, okay, here comes the UPS guy. I know I'm getting something in the mail. I know what's coming. So Rob saw the GT. Well, didn't see the GT sort of reliable carrier. Park, what was it, in a Lowe's or? It was in a Home Depot Home parking Depot lot. parking lot. So now I'm going to chime in here because now I got involved in this. I was blessed because Bob invited me to be here for the delivery. Now the delivery is a big fanfare in the sense that the, the reliable car carrier comes to wherever you want. And, but Ford sends what, a, what do they call him, a delivery specialist? Yes. And what was your guy's name, Steve or something? Yes, yeah, Steve Coates. Steve Coates. So Ford sends a delivery specialist, and the delivery specialist spends the whole day with the, with the owner of the GT and goes over the whole car because there's a lot of, it's, it's not, like I say, it's not like buying a Taurus, okay? 
okay? I mean, there's a lot to learn about this car, how to get in it, how to get out of it. How to, there's, a, there's a lot of little innuendos. This is a 208, 220-mile-an-hour supercar. This is, not, like, this is not any, this is very special. So what happens is that we knew that the Bob knew that the GT was coming that day, and at that time, I had a press vehicle that I used to go get my fertilizer down at the mill in Maryland, which was an F-150 Limited. Remember that? Yes. 450 horsepower, the truck version of the engine that's in the GT. Because <laughs> yeah. GT's what, 650 horsepower? Yeah. 650 horsepower, right? So Bob says to me, geez, you're always going to come down for this delivery process because it's a, like I say, I mean, it's as much fanfare as you want to make it. Bob had a whole bunch of his friends here at the shop and family that was here. I mean, they're not shooting fireworks up in the sky. I mean, but, you know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I was blessed to be part of it. So so Bob says to me, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you could hold on to the four, into the F-150 and we could, you know, you could come down here with it when the GT is delivered. So I called up Ford, the press office, said, my friend's getting the GT. I said, I'm supposed to give you the car back, the truck back, you know, keep another, we, oh yeah, yeah, keep as long as you want, right? So I, so we come down here and because Bob and his wife, Joan, they're just regular everyday working people, right? So Joan wanted to put out some sandwiches and coffee for everybody who was going to come and so I come down here early with the, we're, we're both dressed like we are right now, a Carhartt sweatshirt, right? We look like we belong under a bridge. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> working, we're, we're, we're working people. Working clothes. Working, working clothes, work boots on. So so Rob had seen the Jeep, the, 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 the truck in the, what we said, Home Depot parking lot. Well, first we saw it in the Home Depot. But then we the saw it in Lowe's the, the next day. The next day, day we right. Were, we were Rob saw it. So we go to get some coffee and everything. Bob is driving the, the press vehicle, his Michigan manufacturer license plates, which is an important element to this story, right? Mm -hmm. So it's what they call M plates on it. So I said to Bob, you drive the F-150. I go, you know, we're going to get the coffee and sandwiches, whatever we got. So then we ride by the Home Depot. There's no, no truck there, right? right. There's no, no, no reliable car carrier. It's gone. All right. So well, we know the GT is coming. So we're coming back from getting picking up the coffee and everything. And I remember, look, it's, look, it's across the street in the Lowe's. I guess he likes home, Lowe's better than Home Depot. <laughs> right, so across the highway in Lowe's. So Bob spins around, right? Now, so the back story to this, so you could fully understand it, is that the truck driver, who was a very nice guy, the truck driver, never touches the GT. Correct. He goes up, he picks it up. Somebody from Ford or Multimatic loads it in the truck. All he does is drive the truck. And from what I understand, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong again, Bob, is that the person, the delivery person, the delivery specialist, Ford calls it, is supposed to meet the truck driver before he comes to your facility. Right. And then the delivery specialist meets the truck driver in this particular point would be a Lowe's parking lot. He flies in from Michigan, wherever he lives. He rents a car. He did rent a Ford. He had a, he had a, he had a uh, Fusion, I remember. And um, he's supposed to look the car over, dust it over, whatever. You know, say, well, it's in the car carrier yet. And then he's supposed to go to your location and tell the truck driver how to get there. You know what I'm saying? It's okay, go down here, but you got right to, and then the truck, then he's way supposed to be. Well, we we messed this totally up. <laughs> we couldn't have messed it up anymore. So like so, what happens? Bob spins around. We spin around in the F one fifty with the manufacturer's license plates. Beautiful black truck. The guy's sitting. He had a brand new Volvo tractor. It was gorgeous. 
orange tractor, orange truck, reliable guy sitting there, sitting in the truck, the truck is running, doing some sort of paperwork or something. Bob pulls in front of him, kind of blocks the truck, all right? And we jump out. Now, mind you, we have Michigan manufacturers license plates. So the guy looks, he's looking, who the hell are these guys? You know what I'm saying? They're jumping out of the truck, you know, and they're blocking me. It's not, this is not the delivery guy. Who is this? They see hijacking the car. So Bob goes over and talks to him. And then he wasn't supposed to show Bob the car because Steve wasn't there yet. The delivery guy and then he he opened the door for you to see it right on the truck yeah uh, no, that's right uh, <coughs> uh i would just go back a little on, a little thing uh, when the, the day before when the, we when rob spotted the uh um the reliable the reliable in the home depot i I shot over there, but the driver wasn't there. Oh, he wasn't there. I didn't know that element. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I just <clears throat> got chills and I got him again. And I said, wow, my car is in town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you still didn't see the driver? No, I, we hadn't seen the driver till the next day with when me. you and I were together. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so uh, basically I, I said, uh, is your next stop 607 Texas Road? Yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, well, my car's in there. Yeah, so you want to see it? Yeah. So, <laughs> said, sure. so he wasn't supposed to show it to you, right? Because I remember you said, don't get in trouble. And then yeah. he's, he's opening the door in the car carrier, right? So right, he, the side door. The side door. And yours happened to be happened right, right there. Right, right the there. I think you saw the left front fender or something, right? I, I think we could see the whole side. Oh, did your whole side? I remember. Yeah. But then Steve pulled up. Yeah. I know, and I remember you said, "Oh, go the, the Ford guy is here." Yeah, yeah they not anybody to get in trouble. Right. And he was rules. cool. He was cool about it. Yeah, everybody was like so nice. Yeah, yeah, but they were surprised that it was your car. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so so what happened was that then, so we all we all you know they followed us back here to the shop. Well, actually, he said he'll be there at nine o'clock. Okay, nine o'clock. Okay. So we we went back. To, oh, we went back, and then he right had, then he came. We yeah. Set back, set up the food, and you had what about yeah, 40, 50 food. people here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had coffee and bagels for everybody, and uh, and we waited till nine o'clock. And, and then he down came. The driveway. Right, 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 right. And then <laughs> right Steve, on the money. Right on money, and then he pulled down here, yeah. and then uh, and then he. I have pictures, and if you go, if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, and then on, on Google Podcasts or someplace else, just go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com, click on the tab on the road, and then go to this episode on the road to buying a Ford GT with Bob Ida, and you'll see pictures that I'll post there of the car being delivered, pictures of the engines, the cars, and the car carrier coming off the car carrier and everything. So it'll be quite, you know, it'll be nice for you to see. So now, we yeah, remember, he comes over here, and uh, I have pictures. You look, I have pictures of Joan, your wife, looking at it, right? She's like this. She's just <laughs> bending over looking at it, and it was, it was a fantastic. Uh, how did it feel that day when, when we finally was here? Well, I think, uh, like, the, the fact that it was, when we saw the, uh, the, the uh, truck at Home Depot and I realized the car was in town, yeah. I think that really got me. Did you sleep that night? <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. So, but when it pulled in the driveway and there were so many people here uh, and everything, everybody was doing their thing, you know, the, uh, the truck driver was unloading it and that sort of thing. And, and Steve uh, well, was... Well, Steve sh- backs it off. I think he just, he just does the opening. He unties yeah, it. Yeah, Steve was driving. Yeah, the truck driver never... No disrespect to yeah. the truck driver, but they don't touch it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I just let everybody do their thing and 
I just observed like everybody else. Yeah, it was yeah, just, yeah. I don't know if it, if it quite hit me yet, but I know that uh, Steve spent a lot of time in our shop. He loved the, the other projects that we were doing. And we already had developed the, the new screens, uh, the four-part screens and a battery tender uh, for the new GT because there's an opening by the front tire. The front tires are sticky and they throw stones in and they pass through and uh, at the lower portion of the door if you don't have screens you could chip the door so um, I had them and uh, Steve says you know uh, it's low on fuel so uh, but it's not wrapped and you can't wrap it for I think it was a month because the paint had to cure okay so now explain to the audience that you put a clear wrap on the entire car right yes and why is that uh, it's just to protect the paint. Okay. And it really works. It, it's it's on, over the headlights, over the windshield. It's the entire car, top and bottom, I did. And that's your responsibility. Yes. Ford doesn't do that. No. Yeah. No. Uh, so uh, we did that. Uh, but actually, I did the screens first. So uh, the screens, I, I put a remote charger. Uh, uh, what does that have a gel battery in it? It has a... Uh, um, it's not a gel water. It's uh, the other. Oh, like the... Oh, huh. uh, I forgot. The very light are. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot what they're called. Yeah. yeah. But when the car is parked, you got to keep it on the... Char- you on have the, to on, keep it on charge. It has On a battery maintainer. A maintainer. And Steve says, uh, you know, don't let it sit more than three days. <laughs> okay. So I That's know... That's has got so many computers on it. Yeah, it has about 13 computers. Wow. So uh, anyway, um, my setup allows you to plug in the battery tender from outside the car, which has been a great thing for a lot of my customers that have purchased these from us. Because what's happened is if they don't plug in, the battery drops voltage to a certain point, then shuts off. Right. To save itself. You can't get in the car. You can't can't get at the battery to charge. You can't do anything. Right. But if you have my system on the car, you could plug the... uh, uh, the battery maintainer into it and there's a button on it and you press it down and it brings the battery wakes the battery back up okay. and then you get in the car okay. or just leave it even, if, even if the battery is weak yeah it doesn't it's, really, power, it's it, powering off the maintainer it, well no it doesn't go completely dead it but shuts off it shuts off right it so shuts it wakes off. it back up okay. yeah it wakes it back up so uh, if you didn't have uh, an external access to get the tender connected to the car, it's a, you have to jack the car up, take the front wheel off, oh. the independent panel out to get at the battery because the battery is under the right front headlight. Now, how did Ford want you to charge it? Uh, actually, open the hood, well, the front, the yeah, front hood, hood, and the, then the then uh, trunk. There's uh, in the in the old in the 19 and earlier. There was that came with two alligator clips that came with the battery tender. Okay, and you can maintain it that way. In 2020, they uh, they put like a cigarette lighter in the back. So as long as the back lid was open, okay. you could charge it there. Okay. All right? Which was which was good. But the I think your way is better, though, right? My way is better because if the car goes dead, you can't open the trunk and you can't open the, right. you can't open the front or the back. Yeah. So you can't get a, access to the battery unless you yeah. take jacket up yeah. and and take the wheel off and the independent yeah. panel. Yeah. So my way, you could plug right in, press right. the button, it, it, it uh, wakes up the battery, and from that on, you you could just let it charge. Uh, okay. But you can. You can do anything yeah. you want with the car. You let it charge for a day, and it starts up. Everything's fine. 
But the trick is not to let it go dead. Right, right. <laughs> and now, so now we have the car here. I remember I was I was here for, I was here for that. And then Steve, I think you brought it in the shop and you started to go over it and everything. And then you, how how did it feel the first time you drove it with him? You went to go get gas, right? Yeah, I went to get gas. So Rob and I decided to go get gas. Oh, oh, Steve wasn't with you. Uh, no, I think that was after Steve left. But you did you drive it with Steve? Because yeah. I went home right to do a podcast, I remember. Went back to the farm. No, uh, we uh, we pulled the car into the building and we went over everything. Okay. Uh, how, to, how to use the car. And one thing uh, Steve said, because uh, he knew that we did calibrations and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, he was raving about how well it was calibrated. And, and later on, as I got to know the car and I gotta totally agree with him in fact I said two land speed records in Maine with the car as delivered as delivered right yeah so the cars Jay really spent their time making it right I right. really you know I haven't I've had the car uh, I've used it you know for three years uh, and uh, you know I, I'm just overwhelmed with how good a car it is now, when you so you drove with Rob the first time, you went to go oh, get yeah. gas. Yeah. So we decided to go get gas. Now keep in mind that New Jersey is one of the only states in the country that are full serve. You cannot pump gas here by yourself, legally. Yeah, they're full serve, so that's important. So you pull them up to the gas station, uh, right? But I go to a gas station that, that they know you. Me. They hand me the pump. <laughs> they, they hand you because like, I don't want to touch this baby. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we we we, uh, we pulled in and. Uh, you know, we filled it up, and uh, that's it. We we drove it in some back roads, and, uh, and you know. Now this was with the with before you put the. Uh, no, I put the screens on. And what about the? Uh, the I drove it for three hundred miles with just the screens without a wrap. Without the wrap, okay. Yeah, because you had to wait. I think it was a month or something, right? Yeah, it was more than two weeks. I yeah. think it was. So dry. we did the top and the bottom. I had someone come here to do it. So when uh, when I got the. Uh, I took off all the undercarriage myself and okay. handed it to him, so he wrapped all the belly pans and all oh, that. Oh, so that's stuff. wrapped also. Yeah, top and bottom. Okay. So uh, my car is white, uh, yeah. and I noticed uh, from owning it that uh, some black dust comes off the tires. Okay. And it clings to the back of the car. Okay. So when you wipe it, yeah. you know the uh, where the. Uh, uh, the clear comes together. If you're not careful, you could make the black go in those. Oh, right. The, and you can see the seam. You can see the seam. So that's something I've learned. And also, I guess uh, the the clear probably does shrink over so many time. years over time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know. Now, the first time you drove it, what did you think? Did you jump on it? No. I think, think the weather was uh, not really that good. And, uh, and there was a period of time. What was it? So many miles. I forgot what it was. Okay. Uh, before you could, uh, you know, uh, yeah, really yeah. get it. You could do it if you wanted right, to. Right, right. It's yours. You bought it. You yeah. want it. Yeah. So uh, I do remember <coughs> going over to Raceway Park, English Town. They have a road course. So we went there to do some photographs. So uh, uh, the photographer, you know, was shooting the car on the racetrack. It was good. We had the whole racetrack to ourselves. So, I, you know, of course I had to... <laughs> <laughs> to get it on. it a little yeah, bit, right? A little bit. I, I yeah. yeah, a little more than a little bit. You know, so I yeah. really let it go, and it felt great. And uh, the, I got a chance to check to uh, experience the air brake when you jump on the brakes. Yeah, explain to the people what that is. Yeah. So uh, when you when you go over like ninety something miles an hour, the wing goes up. 
Okay, otherwise the wing even, is down. Otherwise the wing is down. And uh, if you, when you get on the brakes hard, uh, the wing goes uh, vertical, so it acts like an air brake. Air brake, yeah. okay. And then when you release the brakes, it, 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 it goes back, back to, to being a regular spoiler. Yeah, regular spoiler, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, re- it's, a, it's a really cool car, and it goes down about two inches uh, in the racetrack mode and the V mode. And, and it also uh, has a front lift right you're going to come into your driveway. Yeah, if you go, it not only goes down, it goes up also from. Uh, but just the know, front, right? Just, just the front. Mm-hmm. And how much does it go up in the front? I think about two inches. About two inches? Yeah. So if you want to come into like your ramp in your driveway or yeah. pull into the garage or something, well, if there's a lift trailer there. Or something. Put it yeah. in the trailer there, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you had to, didn't you have to get a special trailer fat or something? Yeah, actually, uh, the way the doors open, uh, they. They kind of open, how can I describe it, butterfly style, okay. where they get higher. Okay. So you want to, if you want to drive the car into the trailer, you can't get out. Yeah. Uh, like a Corvette, you could take the roof off and right, climb right. out or something. But uh, you can't get out because the window is too small. Yeah. So you need something where you can open the door. Yeah. So uh, we have a trailer now that has the left front fender comes off and the door is positioned exactly right on so the trailer the, yeah. on the trailer and the trailer is high enough so that when you open the trailer door it's it goes high up enough, on an angle yeah it, it goes up right and then when you open the car door it, it doesn't hit it right which is it important. goes out into right. that same space right and then you can get in and out of the car you know, just yeah. fine yeah, and isn't it now also uh, the seat doesn't move in that car right the right the seat, seat doesn't move and uh, uh some of the other cars where the steering column moves moves electronically, yeah. that's all weight. Okay. This one moves mechanically. And the pedals move, though, and right? And the pedals move too Instead mechanically. Of the seat. Yeah. Instead of seats, so there's no extra motors in the car. Uh, any extra uh, computer is working, some sort of a cooler. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, things that, you know, a race car guy would appreciate. Right, right. And, uh, you know, the, he doesn't miss. Uh, moving the steering column right. by power you don't care yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> just you know yeah. and basically I set it the way I like it and, and you don't know who's like driving it so. yeah and I never move it never move it yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. exactly and you know so now the thing is that you have this GT right and uh you're using this thing, right? How many miles you got on it? So, 11,000 so, so, miles on my car. So, and probably would have a lot more if it wasn't for COVID. Yeah, that's true. I have double that. But the thing is that, you know, I want to ex- stress to the listeners is that, you know, Bob has a trailer for it and everything. So if he wants to go someplace, he may trailer. But 90% of the time you drive that thing, you drive it to the Bronx in New York? Yeah, we drove it to the Bronx. To, you drove uh, it to Pennsylvania? To to uh, there was a, a car event at uh, President Trump's, Trump's golf course. Trump's golf course, exactly. So we drove it there. We between tractor trailers and, yeah. and uh, you know just. And you went across, and for you know for somebody who doesn't live in this area, the Cross Bronx Expressway mm-hmm. is. When I say it's not the best of roads, well. The roadbed is not the best. I mean, it's worse. But the neighborhoods you're going through are not really <laughs> some places you want to break down, let alone with a brand new Ford GT. You'll get yeah. a flat tire, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and you, t- you, took it, you took it to Pennsylvania, right? Oh, yeah. I drove it. 
you know, any place that was reasonable to drive. I didn't drive it to Maine because I was going to go up there and race. And uh, when you have tires on a car and you take a long trip, and if you're going to race the car, you worry about, what if I run over a bottle? And, right, get a flat tire. Uh, or even if I don't get a flat tire, even if I just get a cut in the tire. Right. Do I want to go 200 miles an hour with a car? Or yeah. You know, cutting a tire. Yeah. So if I'm going to race, I'm going to put it in a trailer, and it's not going to go in trail unless unless I look it over and it's perfect. Right. All right. And then I put it in a trailer, and I know when I get to the track, it's just the way it was when I put it in the trailer. Right. 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 Yeah. And uh, that that's the main reason uh, yeah. that I would trailer it. Yeah. And so what that goes what two eighteen? Uh, top speed is two eighteen. So uh, you think it'll do more than that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what do you think it'll do? I don't know, but I hit 200 in, uh, at, uh, at, uh, um, in one mile? Loring, Maine. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, actually the mile record I set was 186, and a mile and a half was, uh, well, they didn't want me to go over 200 because I did have a parachute, uh, a window net, and a fire system. I had a fire so, extinguisher. Yeah. And the, the uh, wing turned in into a break and uh, so I said well you know it doesn't have a parachute but it has a, a break he says well if the engine blows up will that work I said yeah you're probably right yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he says well you could you could run it out but don't go over 200 so it's got a, a digital uh, speedometer so yeah. when I seen it hit 200 I was close to the finish line I just backed off the throttle and I thought it went to about 197 uh, but I, I got an official record for 194. I forgot that the second speed trap was after the finish line. Oh, like line. a drag strip. Yeah, 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 yeah so yeah. I was decelerating when I went through the second speed Now, how, how did it feel at 200 miles an hour? The same as 85. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, no easy difference. to drive? Very easy to drive. There's no change. You, you don't feel it. Like in some of the other cars that I've had, uh, you know, you could tell... You get above like 120, you could feel the car change. Yeah. That car, you know, just don't feel it. anything change. So basically, but did it struggle to get up to 200? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it could kill us, right? It could, yeah. It was just, it was very happy. <laughs> it, was very, it was happy at 200, huh? Oh, yeah. Very it was happy. stable? Yeah. Uh, actually. Was it white knuckle on the steering wheel? No, not at all. You no. could drive it with one hand if you wanted to. Really? Yeah. That's stable, right? Yeah. Amazing. It's just, it's, yeah, it's just, it's just the same as coming, coming highway speeds. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's a difference between that and the vet, your vet truck. Yeah, the, the vet, before I made some changes to it, uh, 120, it started to change a bit. You had it through to the car? Yeah. Yeah, you can feel it. I've done things to it to uh, fix that. Yeah. You know, I've run like 153 at, uh, at, uh, Pocono down one of the stretches. It would go faster than that, but uh, it, you know it, it was very stable at that point. But that's after doing things. Right. Uh, the Ford, you don't have to do anything to it. Just take it off. The, just take, put the key in, and go. Yeah, just go. Just yeah. go. And I think uh, I was very impressed that I didn't have to do anything. That's why I ran the car, with, and I, uh, I I made it known that it was uh, as delivered. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you was, could always make something better. You could make. Well, I don't think you. Honestly, I don't think you can make that car better. I mean, you you could probably <coughs> get 
get into the danger zone, make more power. I have the 700 horsepower calibration that I never put in. Uh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it needs it. <laughs> right, right. I mean, other than turning the wick up a little bit, I don't think aerodynamically, brake-wise, suspension-wise, I don't think, you, I mean, that thing is nailed down. It is. It really is. They really did their homework. I, mean, I mean, it did with Le Mans, uh, yeah. so, uh, you know, they had to, uh, to do their homework, and they passed that homework on to the... But you know what I also want to stress, and I want to brag, I want to brag uh, on Ford's behalf, because uh, not that not that they know or care, but you know, coming from a background of being in the automobile industry, what I want to stress to the you know the the Sterling performance, and I don't even know if Sterling is a strong enough word, but the performance that this car has, this Ford GT, this latest version. Ford GT is so remarkable because you may say, well, you know, hey, Hot Rod, what are you bragging about? I got this or whatever. I got a car that went faster than that. But this car met every emission, safety, and crash standard. So that really, that's why I said earlier on in the podcast, I am well convinced, I don't know this for a fact, but unless somebody showed me otherwise, I guarantee you, even at that price, that they sold those cars, that that was a lost leader for Ford because this car had to go through emission testing. It didn't have to go through fuel economy testing because they, they put, they put the, the gas guzzler tax on it, which, which it's not a gas guzzler, but in the auto industry, if you just say, we're going to pay the gas guzzler tax and let the consumer, the end user, pay the, the purchaser pay the gas guzzler tax, then you don't have to go through the fuel economy test. But the emission test, you still have to go through the crash test. You have to go through the rollover test you have to go through. So this car, this car is so phenomenal because of the sterling performance right out of the box, how it handles, how it breaks, the performance of the engine. This thing has to pass the same emission standards, the same crash test as a Taurus. So, and that's really, and you know, the thing is that in the engineering community, when I used to teach this, I used to say, okay, so you have a guy, you have a person, you take a, a ball, whatever, a softball, and you juggle it up and down. Okay, fine, you catch it. That's no great shakes. Now juggle two balls. Now juggle three balls. Now juggle four balls. And that's what, in engineering, we have to say, okay, we got to go 200, more than 220 miles an hour, but we have to meet emission standards. We have to meet crash standards. We have to meet rollover standards. So this has airbags. It has everything in it, just like you would a, a, a pickup truck. It has to meet every standard. The only thing that they were able to skate by, which a lot of manufacturers do, not just Ford, whether it's Lamborghini, Maserati, Porsche, is you pay the gas guzzler tax, and then you don't have to do certify it for fuel economies. But as far as emissions are concerned, this is an emission legal street car that has every safety standard, ABS, brakes, airbags, whatever, that a regular production, when I say production, regular family car has and still has that sterling performance. And to me, that's where I tip my hat if I were wearing one because that's like juggling 15 balls. Yeah, I agree. And I uh, I built a lot of hot rods through my career and a lot of performance, uh, dyno tuning of other people's cars, my cars. <clears throat> And I realize how hard it is uh, to do all of those things. And I always wondered if OEM uh, would ever be able to do it. 
and uh, I see that they can if they want to. It's uh, th- this car was built in a locked area where they only let certain people in. Oh, really? Yeah. And so this way, uh, the uh, golf bag door guy didn't get involved. Right, right, know? right. Yeah. So basically, no they, cup holders. <laughs> yeah. So basically, it was. Uh, uh, intended to be a race car, and let's focus on just that. Does and it have a radio? Did. Yeah, it does. Yeah. They have yeah. satellite at home? Uh, satellite. I never listened to radio. Ah, you don't listen to, to my show on Sirius XM channel, you bum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I go outside. I want to listen hear it in the GT. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's true. But so, uh, so let me ask you it was uh, a wonderful journey to buy the GT. The the build up to it was was phenomenal, right? If it if it came like you're buying a Porsche or a Ferrari, it wouldn't, I don't think it would have been the same story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, you know the concierge, the ordering, the waiting, the mm-hmm. approval process, and I'm stressing the approval is they only wanted certain people to have this car, and it wasn't the financial approval. Obviously, that had to come. In one, you know, they, they didn't ask. And now, who insures this car? Haggerty insures it, but I had it insured with Chubb, and uh, Haggerty will insure it. Huh? Yeah, Haggerty insures the car. I see that Haggerty has been doing uh, stuff. Uh, oh, actually, we switched our shop insurance to Haggerty, and then okay. eventually I gave him the uh, the okay. GT also. So, what is this sign value? Yes. So, so uh, just just so the audience could could. Could uh, get a get a feeling for this because there's not many of these cars <laughs> floating around on every street corner. Uh, the thing is that what do you think the car is worth now? That's a couple of years old. Well, uh, I th- I'm coming up for renewal. I think uh, in March, okay. uh, so uh, it's not that far away. But uh, they've still been selling for like 1.2. 1. So uh, I think the last time uh, that I insured the car, they brought that up. And I imagine they're going to bring it up again. Okay. So it's probably so, so, so it's about so it's about worth about one point two million right now. Yeah, there's some that have been sold higher. Yeah. I don't. But you know. feel it's a comfortable number. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, the the only thing is, uh, I say, if something happened to that car that I didn't have it anymore, it was stolen or went off fire or whatever, and they gave me a check for one point two million. For one point two million, what would I do with it? I'd have to buy somebody else's. But you car. go to John Deere and buy a combine. No, 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 <laughs> Fenton. You go, go, go to Fenton, buy an ideal combine with it. All right. Well, I can't buy another GT. You buy an ideal combine. I think it's sweet. It's got like eight hundred horsepower, more power. Than the GT. <laughs> yeah, more power. All right. I'll take a look. But what I'm saying, uh, my point is that I would have to buy somebody else's order. Yeah, which you, you at that particular point, it's, it's like lost. it's like you, you. It's not. It's not the same. It's not the same, right? It's not the this same. This car was built for me by, by me. You my saw order. it being built. You yeah. did, went through the whole process to get it. It's yeah. like it, it, it just you might as well it's just just have that connection that I don't know that I that, would get with that it. connection. I would, yeah. would just somebody handed me a check and say, "Oh, go just go buy another." Yeah, one. replace it. Yeah, yeah. Replace yeah. It. No, really, you can't. I can't you replace can't. it. No, you can't replace it. Just like you know, you have an animal, you have a pet. Well, go get another dog. Or another cat if something happens. Well, yeah. yeah, maybe eventually you will, but it's not the same. It's not like a pair of shoes. Or oh, I need a pair of shoes. Let me go buy one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can't do that. No, this, this, this is a. This is a. a, a I'm not going to say a lifelong dream because obviously you didn't know that the car existed 
50 years ago, but it was a it was a culmination of a dream, and it was a culmination of even going back to your dad, right? Because with the with some land or something, wasn't it? Yeah, well, uh, actually, uh, the property that I rent out now, I bought uh, with But you rent the dad. tenants. Yeah, <laughs> I rent the tenants. Uh, and I, that was my father's idea. Uh, I went along with it. I paid half, he paid half, and uh, uh, his half didn't work out uh, the way he wanted it to, then eventually I paid it all. But he he kind of, uh, I, I think if we didn't do that, yeah, yeah. if we didn't do that, uh, I wouldn't have been able to maybe buy the car. So uh, I'd say, uh, I gotta give him some credit there. Uh, my son, some credit. Uh, he built the, uh, the Merc, uh, for Jack Kiley, and um, it's a forty-nine Merc. Forty-nine Merc was a customer. Wanted to see Miss Show and <clears throat> best of show, best in show. Got to uh, sit down and have dinner with uh, Edsel Ford, okay, and uh, the designer of the uh, GT. the GT, uh, Greg Metros, okay. and. Uh, I already had my application in, but I'm sure it didn't hurt. <laughs> right, right. Now, Greg Metros, where does he live? Uh, he was working for uh, Ford in Michigan, okay. but he's retired since then. Is he in California? I don't know. Remember that video I sent you the other day with the GT versus the Z06 yeah. out in California? That car was owned by one of the designers that they lent it to that. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. They lent it. So, so you think it could be one of Maybe it's him because yeah. it's, 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 but it's a, two, a 2022 and it's registered in California. Mm-hmm. And they said it was one of the designers or the designer of the GT. No, it could be. So, uh, Greg, uh, Greg, um, um, Metros. Yeah, he, uh, he wants to visit our shop one day. And, uh, so we'll, you know, we'll, we've communicated back and forth to some time. And, and one of the things about the four GT guys, they like to have the back panel. You can't see it once, uh, once the, the engine lid is closed, but they like to have that signed. Okay. So, uh, so this is almost like a like a like a where the engine is in the back. Yeah. But to the rear of the car. So Greg had a uh, Craig. I'm sorry, Craig. Craig signed it. Okay. And then he had all the top brass. Oh, Ford signed Ford, it. Ford, all the top brass. So you took it off and you mailed it to him. Yeah. Oh, that was and nice. And he kept it in his office. And For anybody who came inside this, he said, "I'll give you some really good signatures." Oh wow! <laughs> but not only that, in 2015, when they uh, debuted the car, uh, the media was given a little model of the car, and okay. a very rare. Yeah. And he said. I got got one for you. Oh wow! <laughs> so he sent that wow. to. Wow! Yeah. Now I know you have. As we get ready to close, it's a wonderful story. You have a number of names and things on a list there that 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 we don't want to do a part three, right? So yeah. So, so anyway, uh, I guess our original contact with uh, Ford Motor Company was through Dan Webb, which okay. is he's a, a, another hot rider that we know for years, okay. and uh, he got us hooked up with uh, Ford uh, to do the uh, the cars for SEMA, and uh, uh, we got to at Lime Rock, got to meet another uh, GT driver. Uh, Lime Rock, Connecticut, the road race Yeah, course. when they were up there. Um, uh, Oh. Just look at your list. Don't yeah, worry, look at right? my list. I can't. Uh, you can't read your writing like me. I write stuff. I can't read it. Yeah, I got too many things here. Um, 
uh, we met Ch- Chip Ganassi. Okay. We met him up there and uh, and uh, Briscoe, which was one of the winning drivers. And uh, it was a funny thing, we were sitting in the hospitality tent and they were like right next to the, uh, right next to us. And uh, so uh, Chip was watching and the race was coming to an end and uh, and uh, he jumped up and, and, and to, to watch the, the final uh a uh, couple laps and uh, and they won. Oh yeah, wow! Yeah, so he that came, was a GT. It was a GT. Yeah, they were racing a GT. Uh, so anyway, uh, I had met uh, uh, Ryan Briscoe um, earlier in that day, so he told Chip that I had to buy GT. We had it on display out there, so uh, he came over and congratulated me. You know, for first having the car, then when he won, and he came by. When he came by, I, uh, I, uh, uh, I, I kind of congratulated him for uh, winning. for winning the race. Yeah, so uh, it was really cool that we got to meet some of these people. And uh, one of the other things that uh, Ford had sent me uh, during this process, uh, they won't, they thought about doing something like. Uh, GM did with the Corvette having a school okay. uh, for the Ford GT for you drivers. Mean, driving school. Driving school out there. Uh, and uh, they asked me some what I thought of it. And, uh, and uh, so I gave them my opinions and how I would how I would like it if with, if I was involved. Yeah. And uh, but anyway that that didn't happen. It was kind of honorable an honor to be asked and then also I was invited to uh, go out to to uh, to Le Mans to see the race oh out in France huh yeah but I was didn't want to tell him I'm afraid to fly <laughs> oh yeah sure. you only fly on the ground <laughs> you right? only fly on the ground yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so anyway uh, that would have been a once in a lifetime it experience. was yeah I mean to have it to be a guest at Le Mans or yeah. I think called Le Mans right but, but, I, you, but you know another thing uh, English Town was still operating then okay. and they always invited us to bring special cars yeah. they gave us our own tent and our NHRA yeah, yeah, gave yeah. us our own tent so I already had committed to that right right so I didn't want to like change yeah. up anything every right. year they yeah they were, they, they were been good year yeah they have always yeah so I didn't want to go back on that either yeah. so uh, you know uh, we didn't get to go to Le Mans but yeah yeah so that's uh, no that's wonderful and you know and I was uh, I was blessed to be privy to this through my friendship with Bob so I actually had the best seat of this whole deal because I wasn't writing a check <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, got you exper- remembered more I got to experience everything because it was such a monumental experience we, we, I, we I, talk all the time so right. I, you probably have yeah, a better yeah, idea yeah, yeah. of the, how the and, time uh, and how the be- time went before we before we close yeah because uh, I just well, I would like to share a Two, well, two things about the GT from my perspective, if you would allow me. Number one is that I got done with, I, I was here when they delivered the car. I had to go back to do back to the farm to do a podcast, and then I got involved, and then they couldn't drive the car. They couldn't drive it because they didn't have the coating on it, the body, the, the clear plastic, whatever. And then I got involved with my crops and harvest and what have you. So ultimately, I didn't come back. I think the car was delivered right sometime in May. Uh, March. March? Oh, I thought it was May. So anyway, so uh, oh, I think it was May. Oh, no, no, you're right. Because it I went to go May. get See? my fertilizer right, with May. that truck. Yeah, I had to go down to the right. mill in Maryland to get my fertilizer for my crop. See, you crop. remember right, more right, than right, I right. do. So anyway, 
<laughs> yeah, so what you're not involved with, it's easy to remember. So uh, when you're a bystander. So anyway, excuse me. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to come back. And so I saw the car when it was delivered. I didn't get a chance to come back to after I got done with the harvest on the farm. And it was like October. So I remember I came on a Saturday. And this is the first time I, I mean, other than seeing the car deliver, I saw the car. And then we scheduled to ride. I think it was like a 150-mile ride. We took us or went to the diner, had breakfast, had lunch at the diner. I mean, just, Bob just uses this car like it's whatever, right? But the best thing... The best thing I'm gonna tell you. Remember that kid in the Subaru, the little kid. You remember that? Uh, well, go ahead. Yeah, you well, tell me. Well, we're I'll coming back to the shop. This is New Jersey. The roads are busy. It's a Saturday in the fall, October. We went for like 125, 150. We went all over. We went to eat twice, as I said. So we're in bumper to bumper traffic. I think it was Route 18 and Route 9. I don't remember which one it was. And we're in bumper to bumper traffic. I mean, the car is fine. It could care less. This thing could care less whether it's sitting in traffic for three hours or for going 200 miles an hour. So the thing is that, and Bob is driving. I'm sitting in the passenger seat in four lanes of traffic or three lanes of traffic. So there was a car to the right, a Subaru station wagon. And so I just look over, right, and look over. All I saw in the back seat of the Subaru, I saw a tiny little thumb. Remember that? Yeah, it's happened that, more than uh, once, but, but I'm going to let that, you finish that, that, this that story. That was my, the story I experienced, yeah. right? The tiny little thumb from a car seat in the back. And all you saw was the car seat, and it was the thumbs up, right? So we put the window down, and we talked to the, and it was the, the, the mother of the child was in there, and, and we put the window down, and the kid was going nuts because there was this little kid in this car seat, and he saw the GT right next to him, and his father must be into cars because he gave the proper thumbs up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so all we did was see his little thumbs up, right? And his mother said he's going nuts because he loves that car. I guess there's some kind of video game or something that's in so I thought that was so wonderful. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I know you've had other experiences similar to that. But to see this little kid, and then he he, he kind of we pulled up and we kind of leaned forward and to see the smile on his face. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and you know the important thing from my perspective, and if you're listening to the show, you know my heart because I wear my heart in my sleeve. Is that and that's what, one other thing, and then I'm going to close. Is that you don't know how your GT will, inspect, will impact that child. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying a video game. Mm-hmm. That kid may end up becoming uh, uh, an engineer. He may, end up, he may find the cure to cancer. He may find some machine that does something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it all started with seeing that Ford GT with the thumbs up. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, if you look at collectively about this car, we spoke about its engineering accomplishments. We spoke about the special delivery process. We spoke about all of that, right? But there's one thing from my perspective that really shines through. This is a car of passion because there is no way that that car could be designed and created so that was passion from the top down in Ford Motor Company and the people who designed it, the gentleman who said that all the people that signed that, that, that engine cover, whatever you call it, the piece under your hood, right? Signed it. This is a car of passion because this car drips of passion. You cannot get a vehicle to perform that way, do everything it's doing, passing emission tests, passing crash tests, if you did not have gasoline in your blood. And when that car was coming out, Ford had come out with a video and it's called Into the Heart. I think I sent that to you. And if, you, if you're listening to the show, I'm going to ask you to go to my website, 
and go under the video tab and it's called into the heart and it it's it's a wonder it's a tearjerker if you're softy like me you have a tissue box with you but it shows it 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 it's a story of of passion and it it's uh, and it, it culminates with the gt with the four gt so it this and that's really what life is about it's about having a passion the people who designed this car you have to kudos to ford motor company because the, they must have told the bean counters to go pound sand right <laughs> yeah. because yes. there's no way this is a profit center yeah. right and they did all of this and they you know they, they came together with the with the buying experience the delivery experience and everything and this is a and you know it's it's something that all it's not my car but I'll remember for the rest of my life. And I want to thank you, Bob, for bringing me into that, that whole process of you buying, of buying this car, sending the, sending the paperwork in, applying to be accepted to buy the car, the delivery process, seeing the kid with the thumbs up. You know what I'm saying? And, see all this, and it's absolutely, I mean, it's, it's so much more than a car. Mm-hmm. It's so much more than a car. It's, it's a culmination. It's really, in essence, and I am so proud of it that it's American. Yes, <laughs> and you know, I know when you ride people, they walk on a car. Is that you tell them it's a Ford? It's they a get t- t- yeah. they, they get mad. At they, you. Want, they want me to say it's something else. So it said, is. No, it's a Lamborghini. It's, it's a Ford. Look at the emblem. Look at the emblem on the hood. So it's it's wonderful. Before we close, Bob, anything else you want to uh, tell well, the audience? Uh, when I started the application. Uh, I, I took my grandson uh, with me, so we started together. I said, this is going to be one of the things that we're going to do together. Right. So uh, I wanted to just mention that uh, Jeremy, uh, you know, uh, sat in front of the computer with me, and uh, as we filled out the thing, uh, you know, I just wanted to do something yeah. with my grandson. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> wonderful. And is there anybody else that you want to mention before we close? Uh well, uh, there's probably a lot, a lot of people I, f- I forgot, uh, but, uh, uh, but, I don't know. but it's a, it's a, you know, it's a wonderful car. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful car. It's a, what, but like I said, but really, what I look at is the passion, the passion that went into that, the passion that went to create it, and the, the, you know, and just like when you look at, and if, if you get a chance, watch that movie. Ford versus Ferrari, because that same passion. I love the I love that movie when he, when he he holds up the sign to the driver, seven thousand plus <laughs> yeah. go like hell, go like <laughs> hell, yeah. Right, bring that thing right up there because they would tell him six thousand was a four twenty seven was yeah. a station wagon motor, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a yeah. Ferrari blew up. But anyway, yeah. so it's it's it really it, it, in essence, you know, you're blessed to be able to that the God that the good Lord gave you the ability the resources to buy this car but it's it's not about the resources it's not about that it's about the passion about the influence that and how it, it, it impacted so many people's lives in a positive way and gave them and and that's really what it's about it's about inspiring people oh i totally agree when when i uh i, I go to cars and coffee at a show or whatever and uh there will always be a father saying, boy, you made my son's day. And I know that the kid knows a lot more than I know about the car, probably right. because of the uh, video games that he right. plays. He knows exactly what he's looking at. Right. And, uh, and that could be the catalyst yeah, for... Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's so happy to see one in person. Right, exactly. Yeah. So happy to see one. And that often is, you know, we're in agriculture. That's the seed that's planted. Mm-hmm. And you know, to divest away from Ford and the GT for a second, a lot of people don't realize that the actual MRI machine was developed 
by General Motors hmm. in the GM Research Center in Warren, Michigan uh, in 1953. Wow. I didn't know that. Right. It was given to the world for free. So, mm -hmm. the, so, so basically, th those guys in 1953, a lot of guys, they, engineers, they came from farms, from cities, from, from coal mining towns with pocket protectors. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And went to the to school in the GI Bill. And, they, and it was that passion. And General Motors also, also designed the, fir the, the first uh, mechanical heart that's used during heart transplant. Hmm. And there was all car guys designed that. Wow. <laughs> and and I think amazing. that the people who designed this GT were phenomenal. I, kudos to Ford. Kudos to those engineers. Kudos to the design of the aerodynamics, the stability. And, you know, and kudos to you, Bob, for sharing it so openly with anybody who comes along here. So don't come to a shop look at a ride, but <laughs> but I know I brought friends of mine down and it's a once oh. in a, and you've made so many people it's a once in a lifetime experience to ride in that car. So I had oh. to see it. So I want to thank you for that. My pleasure, and uh, I love sharing it. And one of the other stories, uh, uh, we were I was driving along and I liked the story you said about the kid. That's the only story up. I was involved with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, I was we stopped at a light and. Uh, and I was in the left-hand lane, and there was a, a soccer mom, you might say, yeah, in the yeah. right-hand lane. And she rolls the window down, and she says, wow, you made my son's day yeah. to see that car. And so I said, yeah, he probably knows more about it than you do. She, yeah. she said, yeah, it does. But she was so happy yeah, yeah, yeah. To, because the son was so happy. And right. he was... Uh, he knew what it was. Yeah, and those are, <laughs> like I said, those are the, you know, those are the things in life that influence people. We may, you'll never, most likely, you'll, they'll never see that person and you'll never know anything about, you know nothing about them. But that's really what it's about. Yeah. And it's a, it's about taking what you've been blessed with, and, and using it to inspire someone. And it's not, look, look what I got, a million yeah. dollars. It's not that. No, it's not that. It's not that. Look what I got. Like I, no, it's not, it's not what you got. It's what you're blessed with and what you used with that blessing. And and who knows that? I mean, uh, your people could say I'm crazy, but that kid, one of those kids, yeah, may one day, starts. that's why I told, mm -hmm. you told the audience a story about General Motors. Mm -hmm. Maybe that kid is going to... You know, general. Who knows what he's going to do? What, what he's going to do in the future? Because that was the catalyst. That was the seed. That's so, so kind of interesting. Some one other thing I wanted to say about Ford. Uh, you know, uh, the GT is only like you know two hundred and fourteen cubic inches. Yeah, and it makes like a lot of power because a lot of people want to pick on the six cylinder but don't pick on the six cylinder it's still 650 horsepower it's still a truck motor <laughs> <laughs> but you know that they, they could win you know with that engine they could make that performance with that engine I think you're going to see now in the future going to be less and less cylinders and uh, and they still can make the power yeah yeah so it's yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, and you know and to and, and, I, I, I've been saying for a half hour we're closing but if you get a chance I strongly suggest if you listen to this podcast go to the website go to my website farmmachinerydigest.com I don't get paid if you go there or anything or it's not but watch that movie Into the Heart because it actually tell it's I'm, I'm sure it's fictional but it's probably fictional quasi true and it shows how a young man was inspired 
by the watch and you have and it's not about the car yeah i I won't give away too much you have to pay attention to the pocket watch or the wristwatch excuse me you have to pay attention to the wristwatch that's what that movie is about so and that's what the gt is about so bob i want to thank you so much i want to thank all of you for spending this time with us and you know go and uh, the ford gt and uh wonderful car and i want to thank you all and where will we be on the road next time who knows maybe but it won't be a ford gt because there's only one lifetime experience like that thank you so much have a blessed day and i'll catch you next time <laughs>